a long time ago on a spinner rack far, far away. The Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics, exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. Episode 98, Ben's Bullpen Bulletin, looking at the extras from the comic books cover dated November 1978, including the 8th issue of Devil Dinosaur and Machine Man. Hello and welcome back to Marvel's Cosmic Comics. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, a comic book collector, a comic book creator, a comic book podcaster, or I guess if I'm going to keep the alliteration, a comic book uh, caster, a comic book creator, a comic book collector, and a comic book caster. Yeah, sure. And this is... Ben's Bullpen Bulletin, where I take a look at the ads of the comic books that came out with the cover date of November 1978 from Marvel Comics. And I also look at other things that have to do with the Marvel licensed comic books, specifically the Marvel sci-fi licensed comic books. For this segment, I'm going to be taking a look at Machine Man and Devil Dinosaur. There are eight issues for each one of them. They started at the same time. I believe they are going to end at the same time. I may be wrong about that, but I, I believe that they end at the same time. And they are both by Jack Kirby. That's why I include them. I've explained this before, but in case this is anybody's uh, first time visiting the podcast, taking a trip with me in the comic book time machine, um, this these, these comic books, Machine Man and Devil Dinosaur, were Jack Kirby's creation. And I believe they came, they both came out of uh, the work he was doing on the Marvel adaptation and then the, Mar the Marvel continuation of 2001 A Space Odyssey. In the last couple of issues of 2001 A Space Odyssey, uh, he, he created Mr. Machine, who uh, changed the name to Machine Man when he got his own comic book. But that was uh, a direct result of the monolith from 2001, is that this robot was kind of given a new life or actually maybe not even given a new life, but given a life. Meanwhile, devil dinosaur takes place in the past. And so some of the future stuff that, that Jack Kirby was doing is kind of being built on and, and being uh, continued in machine man. But then he also did, you know, segments that happened in the past. Now they happened very differently in the past uh, than they did in 2001, the movie uh, and, it was very much a Jack Kirby thing. And so with devil dinosaur, it gives Jack Kirby a chance to do that thing. And you know, the last couple of issues of devil dinosaur had to do with aliens coming down and um, not benevolent aliens. They are definitely, they weren't uh, uh, benevolent at all. They, they had nefarious malevolent purposes for coming, but that was the last few issues. Now in this issue of devil dinosaur, we are getting right back into the dinosaur Saturday morning cartoon action that, that features 
dinosaurs and that features um, cavemen. So I guess we'll start there. We'll, we'll start with Devil Dinosaur, then we'll go into Machine Man, and then we'll talk about some of the ads and some of the copy that is in uh, the November comic books. So Devil Dinosaur issue number eight is entitled Dino Riders. <laughs> and writer penciler, Jack Kirby, inker, letterer, Mike Royer. The colorist is George Rousseau. And the editor is Jack Kirby. Um, the story is simple. Uh, Moon Boy and Devil Dinosaur walk the land once more after having they dealt with all the events of the previous issues with the aliens and the giant ants and stuff like that. He's tracking his own people because they've run away and they are afraid of him. Uh, they're afraid, I guess, not of Moon Boy. They're afraid of Devil Dinosaur when it comes down to it. And he finds them and he leaves Devil Dinosaur behind uh, so he can go and talk to them and they're not going to you know, run away because they see a giant red Tyrannosaurus Rex. They don't trust Moon Boy as long as he is spending his days with Devil Dinosaur. But they also have another problem, and that's the Dino Riders. And the Dino Riders just happen to have seen Moon Boy riding Devil Dinosaur. And anyone riding a T-Rex, it's a feat that none of them have achieved. They all ride on smaller dinosaurs, and their leader rides on a Triceratops. They, they call it a, a Thunderhorn, which is kind of cool. I mean, the, the people of this world have their own name for the different dinosaurs and stuff. And so Triceratops is a, a thunder horn and their leader rides it like a knight. I mean, he has this great big long uh, spear, this great big long lance thing. So the Triceratops becomes a Quinceratops maybe. Oh no, Quadceratops. Anyway, uh, the bad guys, the dino riders, take devil dinosaur now it's not an easy battle for them to win but they do eventually win they are clever fighters and they put mud on his eyes and they wrap up his face and they they take him they take him captive and the intention is for the leader to break him and to ride him meanwhile moon boy is trying to convince his friends to help him get devil dinosaur back and they don't want to do that but then they realize if we don't help get devil dinosaur out of the hands of the dino riders the dino riders are going to be that much more dangerous so they agree to help him so the dino riders are doing everything they can to break devil dinosaur but he will not be broken they bring out the witch doctor and the witch doctor tries doing, you know, magic -y stuff and that doesn't do anything. Nothing can tame uh, devil dinosaur. But in the midst of some of the ceremony stuff that they're doing, Moon Boy and his people, the people of the valley, they attack. They rise up against their oppressors. And now it's the thoughtful and clever early man, I guess, versus the forceful and strong early man who are riding dinosaurs. But they're riding dinosaurs but they aren't as clever. And so there's no doubt where the battle is going to go. And the battle, the final battle comes down to devil dinosaur versus the leader on his thunder horn. And there can be no doubt who the victor will be, but it is a cool looking battle. And when it's done, moon boy and devil dinosaur ride off into the sunset. They continue their wandering. I almost expect the lonely man theme from the incredible Hulk, uh, to start playing on the piano but you know pianos haven't been invented yet and they are headed now to the witch 
and the warp. And this issue of Devil Dinosaur, above all, feels like the Saturday morning cartoon Devil Dinosaur thing that Jack Kirby was kind of envisioning. This feels like a toy commercial from the 80s. And I know there was some sort of Dino Rider thing in the 80s. I never really got into it, but I do remember it. And I think there was even a cartoon for it. Um, it involved technology and it involved, um, you know, like armor and missiles and stuff that you put on a dinosaur. And then you had a little guy who would sit like in a control cockpit seat. Um, these guys are just, you know, they're, they're putting harnesses and on, on the dinosaurs to kind of control where it's going to go and everything like that. So it's, it's neat. It's cool. There's lots of toy potential, but it's not a Saturday morning cartoon. And the toy potential for the Dino Riders, I'm pretty sure, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Jack Kirby was involved, but I'm I'm pretty sure he was not. And it just is kind of that what could have been, what could have been. And then there is Machine Man. And again, this is Jack Kirby doing everything. Well, not everything, but he's the writer, he's the penciler, he's the editor. His inker and letterer is, again, Mike Royer. And this time the colorist is Petra Scotes. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Anyway, August 22nd was the on-sale date. It's 35 cents, just like all these comics. And it starts out with a pretty kind of... It's a fun phrase. It's fun phrasing. When they put a super machine in a super trap, they have to expect a... Super Escape, which is the title of this story. Continuing directly from the last issue, Machine Man is in a missile silo where they have captured him. There is no way for him to get out. It's basically a great big long concrete metal pit that he's in. And the bad guys intend to copy him and make an army of him. Meanwhile, the army is worried that he's missing and so they are, you know, they're, they're looking for where he could possibly be because, you know, they understand the, the danger here. If these people are able to copy him, it's going to be a real serious, serious problem. So he's down in this missile silo and it takes him a while, but he eventually decides he's going to take the weapons system out of his hand and use it to power up his legs and give his rocket legs a super boost. And he activates his rocket feet power and launches himself out of the missile silo like a missile. Why? Because, because we wouldn't have him escape any other way. He's in a missile silo. Uh, of course, that's the way Machine Man is going to escape. Uh, he has one more escape in this comic that's even more of a, of course he's going to do that because it's Machine Man and we wouldn't have it any other way. Now, one thing I do appreciate about the character of Machine Man and about the the style of Jack Kirby's writing is that Machine Man is just, he's sarcastic. He's sarcastic and snarky. In page 10, when he's escaping, but then they zap him with his sonic ray, it's just, I really like machine man's dialogue the bad guy comes with his sonic ray and says you able to walk and machine man says if you're able to shoot and the other guy says bet on it chum now get up nice and easy and go where i go 
And Machine Man says, sure, sure. I don't have any other plans at present. Just lead the way. And so um, they're mad at him because he they they made a deal with him that he would come to this into this trap and they wouldn't hurt his his friend. And he says, I promised to come in, but I didn't give my word to stay. And yeah, he's just he's got this sarcastic streak that uh, really adds to the the personality of the character and, and makes it beyond just being a robot. And it's something that I've seen before, but usually that sarcastic streak is coming from uh, it's coming from a, a dour um, melancholy machine man. This machine man just doesn't even care anymore. Uh, this machine man, he, he just he, he just is going to say what's on his mind um, and just, you know what? Who cares? You, you can shoot me if you want, but you're not going to get what you want. And so I'm just going to run my mouth. Anyway, uh, they recapture him and he lets loose with his super snark. And his weapon systems are now down because he took them out of his legs and put them into his, or took them off his hands and put them into his legs. And so now he has to reassemble his weapon system. But they they take him and he is led before the boss, the big boss, and he confronts the big boss about what you're going to do. Uh, what are you going to do with me after you're done? What are you going to do with the copies? Blah, blah, blah. And they shoot him with a sonic gun again. And he goes limp. But he's playing dead. They put him on a table where they're going to copy him. And as they leave him alone to prepare to copy him, he powers up and he escapes and he fights his way through the walls and he's going to get out of the base. But the big bad guys are all, you know, we're going to blow up the base and it's going to be like a nuclear explosion and you're going to die and you, it's going to go off in 10 minutes. But by that time, we're going to be out of the range of the blast. Will you? And he says, well, I'm going to find a way out because he doesn't want to die. And so he finds a pneumatic railway. And so apparently there is this pneumatic uh, train that is just speeding away. Well, of course, they didn't leave one behind for him. So what does he do? You remember the tank treads that he had in his arms? Uh, he and I don't know where this is going as he starts doing this, but he um, activates the tank treads in his arms. Then he takes off the, the wheels from the tank treads. And fashions them into skates that will uh, go on the railway and will fit on the railway. And he can use his rockets to make him speed down the rail, the, the, the railroad. <laughs> I'm just wondering, I thought he had skates, you know, uh, he's had skates before he's used skates before. Why isn't he doing that now? Why did he have to use the tank treads? It doesn't matter. It was it was all just an excuse to get him to be speeding down the railway while the, the mountain is getting ready to explode. And then the mountain does explode. The question is, is machine man's still inside and will he survive? And honestly, we know the answer to that question, but this whole thing was just kind of by the numbers. And it reminds me of Saturday morning cartoons. It reminds me, it actually reminds me of, uh, in episode two of Star Wars, when all of a sudden R2-D2 can fly. And why can R2-D2 fly? Because the story needs him to fly. Now, did we ever see him fly before? No, no. Does that matter? 
No, no. He just does it, right? And it, it's just something he can do. And that's what this, I just get the impression here is that it's just, he pulls out, oh, I'm going to pull off my fingers and power up my legs so I can blast off out of the, the missile silo. He just has the stuff he needs at the time that he needs it. And he doesn't have the stuff that he has shown before that would actually help him to get out of the situation. He doesn't use that stuff because it doesn't fit the idea that Jack Kirby had for him to do. And so why would he bother using this thing that would actually fit the situation when it doesn't fit the solution that Jack Kirby wants to do? It just feels like so many times when I'm watching Saturday morning cartoons like Super Friends or Scooby-Doo or, or something like that, when you know, Saturday morning cartoons when I was a kid, I should say, where it's just they're just going through the story and they just have the things that they need that show up when they need them. And it doesn't have continuity and they're not even bothering with continuity because, you know what, who cares? It's just a Saturday morning cartoon. And I get the feeling here. Um, the character is written well, but... At the same time, the story is not. This just isn't the strongest Machine Man tale. So with that said, it's time to move on to take a look at the inside of this month's comics. And on the back, I was excited to see this back ad. This is an ad I remember vividly from my comic books when I was a kid. And it's uh, for the Expert Builder series, the new Lego Expert Builder series. And it's a picture of a really complicated looking uh, car without a without a frame, just the insides and you have all the gears that move and the steering wheel that turns and turns the wheel. And I think this is what became like the Technic series or something like that. But it says, move it, steer it, shift it, build it. New, they're here, the most challenging, most exciting building sets ever. And this, I remember seeing, I never had any of these sets. I believe my older cousin Greg had one, but I did not. So. Uh, that was something that I was excited to see this ad because I remembered this ad. There's, of course, the Satisfy Your Meat Tooth with Slim Jim. There's Grit. There's um, the Spider-Man, the Energized Spider-Man. And again, my cousin had this. He had this one. It came with a, I don't know if it came with a helicopter, but it had, he had a spider copter and it was just a 12-inch maybe 13 inch uh, Spider-Man figure, very stiff, didn't move anything except it had a, uh, a web that came out of its arm, out of its hand. And you could use that to make him climb up. Another ad that got me excited though, was behold the interchangeable world of the Micronauts. And I'm very excited because Micronauts that's coming soon. I don't know when, but it is coming soon. Uh, one of these days, I'm going to take my trip in my time machine and look and see what's on the shelf in the old stop shop, and they'll be Micronauts. It says, introducing the most incredible starship ever, the remote control motorized battle cruiser. And the font they use reminds me of uh, Battlestar Galactica, actually, which is something else that's coming soon. <laughs> so I'm, again, excited to see. Uh, you can make seven different space vehicles at one time or combine all 72 parts into the galaxy spinning galaxy spanning battle cruiser now what's most interesting to me about this is special marvelous offer enjoying the amazing world of the micronauts is more fun than a barrel of space monkeys but just because we love you 
will send you two free Marvel comics when you cut out and send the upper left-hand corner of the Battlecruiser box, which includes the number 71054 on the front panel. I have no idea what the comics are because the Micronauts comic has not begun yet, but it excites me. It's coming soon. We have some more flea market pages uh, with the different kinds of things you'd see. Um, let's see here. Turning the pages, more flea market stuff. No, no, that's not flea market. That's Sales Leadership Club. It's the child pyramid scheme of the day. Um, there's the sweepstakes from <laughs> Milk Duds. It's the infamous Milk Duds Super Duds sweepstakes. And the Super Dud prize is to be entered in a special drawing and win a Schwinn 10-speed bicycle. Um, <laughs> Dr. Doom is shilling for Milk Duds these days, it seems. Also, if you order five titles, subscriptions to either Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, Conan the Barbarian, Avengers, Incredible Hulk, Captain America, Daredevil, Thor, or Godzilla... If you get five of those, you get a free subscription to Star Wars, which apparently they don't give you an option to just subscribe to. But you can also subscribe to Pizzazz and get six months of your favorite comics free. So subscribe to Pizzazz and choose one title. Amazing Spider-Man, Avengers, Captain America, Defenders, Fantastic Four, Incredible Hulk, Invaders, Marvel Tales featuring Spider-Man, Thor, or Star Wars. Uh, you get six issues of that free for subscribing to Pizzazz. And the, I just have to say, the Pizzazz ads are finally looking like, hey, you want to get this, but not because of what the book, uh, what the, the magazine actually is, but rather because you get a free free six issues from another title. Uh, Thor is uh, fighting for fruit pies in Thor. Good overcomes evil. And how does good overcome evil? Well, the, <laughs> the bad guy stops in his tracks at the site of Hostess Fruit Pies, which is no surprise to anyone. Well, that about wraps it up then. So that is the Marvel Cosmic Comics of August 1978, but with cover date, November 1978 and i have to say thank you for joining me on this journey and we will be going back in time once more to this time to september 1978 to take a look at our next round very soon our next round will include some human fly godzilla some star wars etc etc and i believe um, we may be looking at the end of Machine Man and Devil Dinosaur, mainly because that time machine that I use for Devil Dinosaur, also known as the hardcover collected edition, um, it's very thin. It's very thin at the point we're in. So we also have issue no, or not issue, but episode number 100 of Marvel's Cosmic Comics coming up soon. I'd like to do something special for that. I just don't know what, and I'm not sure how to do it without breaking up the rhythm too much. But we'll see. We will see. And I don't know. So next episode will be episode 99, the 99th Marvel Cosmic Comics coverage uh, segment. If you're listening to this on the Com Comic Book Time Machine made feed, then you might 
not uh, the, well the numbering is not as significant over there um but there i there will be something special i'm just not sure exactly what it will be so we'll see we'll see may uh, i have an idea i have an idea now suddenly i have an idea i think episode 99 might be that john carter uh warlord of mars annual that i missed <laughs> and that episode 100 might be the, I, I have a couple Marvel movie hardcovers that I haven't taken a look at yet. We've done the original trilogy, but I have the prequel trilogy that, that needs to be looked at. So maybe that'll be what I do to make it special, to make episode 100. Yeah, I guess also 99 would be an, an offbeat. One of them will be one, one will be the other. I don't know yet. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I just want to say thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for putting up with me and for putting up with my rambling about these things but uh, i hope you had some fun while we were doing it because i know i sure did so as i said thank you so much for listening have a great day or night or afternoon or whenever it happens to be when you listen to this and godspeed Thanks for listening to the Comic Book Time Machine's Marvel's Cosmic Comics feed. You can find more discussion of many, many more comics like Superman and Spider-Man, What Ifs and Elseworlds, The Six Million Dollar Man and Batman, comics seven days old and seven decades old, on our main feed, which you can find on iTunes or at comicbooktimemachine.com. We'd also love it if you join us on Facebook at facebook.com or on Twitter, where we are at Comic Time. sagas of Swamp Thing, Dead Man, The Spectre, and more. The Podcasting Hour. It's a rotating anthology series boasting the terrifying talents of Ryan Daly, Rob Kelly, Paul Hicks, Ben Avery, Doug Zavisha, and other unfortunate souls. Prepare for the unexpected, open a doorway to nightmare, and enter the houses of mystery and secrets. The moon is full, and the dark spirits are rising. For it's midnight, the podcasting hour. Coming this Halloween, part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Beware.